Crippling Kato, how you doing? What's up, what's up? Can you start by talking about the, the memorial service today and and it, as good as it is to be there for families, is there still some frustration at, at these times that you can't be there physically in person to kind of comfort the family? Um, well, I think we all wanted to respect the family space and um, how they want to grieve. You know, we're all grieving in our own way. Um, but the service was uh, tremendous. Um, all of us, you know, really got close with Coach Marcus, especially when he took the head job uh, for Coach Wojcik. And, um, you know, the weight room was always a place where it was just brotherhood, you know, love. Um, and he always held you to a, a certain standard. And, you know, that's one thing about Coach Marcus is that he always stayed true. You know, he wasn't going to switch up for anybody. He's going to hold everybody to that same standard. So um, when you talk about a guy just doing things right, um, I think he was a perfect example for it. I think that's why it's hurting us, a lot of us, so much. But um, you never know when time, God, you know, allows you on this earth. You know, you got to do it, doing what Coach Marcus did, and that was, you know, being servant, um, definitely preaching God's word, and then obviously um, impacting in every place that he uh, stepped in. So, um, no, it was a tremendous service. There were a number of speakers at the service. Was anything that was said, did it stick with you the most if you look back on the, the service? Um, you know, a lot of things. You know, definitely I think um, I, I want to make a private matter public, but um, I think for the most part everybody said the same thing about Coach Marcus, whether it be his college uh, roommate, teammate, um, people that he met in the church, his family, um, all the tributes that his family and friends made for him, you know, it was all resonating with us because we knew the same Coach Marcus. And, again, he, he just stayed true. And, um, yeah, man, that's a man that uh, we're going to look up to and, you know, try to lead um, by the example that he set. Did you guys watch the service? in your position groups, or did you watch, were you able to watch it all together? No, we watched it as a team. Coach McCarthy um, allowed us the meeting space to uh, and the room to um, watch the service. So we, all, we were all obviously socially distanced, contact tracers, masks, everything, but we're all able to watch it together. Was that, do, do you feel like that was needed for you guys as a group? I know it was very sudden last week where, you know, he – you know, it happens on Tuesday morning. He officially passes on a Wednesday, and on Thursday you guys are playing a game. Do you feel like it was needed just to take this time to re reflect and, and, and be part of the memorial service from afar? Yeah, I mean, I feel like we all just, like I said, we all grieve in our own way. We all reflect in our own way. And some of us, you know, we may have, you know, grieved that day and kind of, like, hit those emotions because, you know, we have families to get back to. We have jobs to get back to. Um, so it just allowed us another space to really just open up our hearts and open up our minds to um, reflect on the life of Coach Marcus. Did y'all have more of a discussion before or after the service, or was today mostly the virtual service, given that you spoke as a team about Coach Marcus on Wednesday night last week? Um, yeah, last week, you know, it was an open floor. This time it was more so just watching um, and receiving, really, um, the good news of Coach Marcus, you know, the testimonies that everybody had. And then um, after that, you know, we went about um, today like a regular football day. Cheeto, on that 
that note of football, what was it like watching the Ravens Steelers game as a position group yesterday, and how different was it from a typical film study? It was interesting. You know, a lot of us usually don't watch the TV copies or, or aren't able to unless, like, you're hurt or something or um, a team plays on a Thursday or a weird day. So it was good that we all got to watch it together. Um, obviously, their situation during that game, they didn't have all their players because of uh, coronavirus or, you know, the contact tracing, whatever. But um, it was good to see them, you know, as a team. And I think we're all seeing the same things that we watched on film. Anything else for Cheeto? No? Right. Cheeto, when you look at the fourth quarter against Washington last week, where do you think were some of the key places the defense broke down, and how can you avoid that against Baltimore? I think, um, you know, sudden change opportunities, you know, that, that that's a time where, you know, you – the offense, the team relies on their defense, you know, to, to stand up and stand tall. And we had a couple of those opportunities, and some of them we stood up and stood tall, and some of them um, we broke down. So I think um, just, you know, mastering the, the situational side of football, you know, when sudden change happens, you know, being on our P's and Q's, making sure that we communicate. And that first play after sudden change is usually an opportunity for the offense to create a big play. So um, I think just the sudden change opportunities we could have been better on. There have been some DBs who have seen some playing time this season who weren't part of the team during training camp, Rashard Robinson being one of them. How do you feel he's kind of come into the fold despite not being there over the summer and offseason? Well, Rashard Robinson, he a vet. You know, that's one thing about him. He a vet and he a dog. Um, he brings a certain type of energy to where it's infectious. You know, it's just that savage mentality. And sometimes you don't feel it from a corner. You know, he on the edge. You know, he has to play man coverage. Um, we don't really get the opportunity to hit somebody or do things like that. But I'll tell you what, it's one thing about Rashad that he always show up and, you know, you're going to feel his energy no matter where he at on the field. So, um, you know, we love Rashad and how he playing. That seems like yeah, two moves deep. Go ahead. You had two new DB coaches this year. How have those communications with those two coaches grown over the, over the course of the season? Um, well, obviously, this year was different. We didn't get no spring. You know, we didn't get to meet in person in the off season. So, all the stuff that we did initially was online and virtually. So, um, it was definitely a learning curve just because of that. But then once we got in person, you know, they're great coaches. You know, they, they definitely um, have stayed within the scheme of what they were saying in the summer. And some of the changes that we, we, we've seen, you know, they predicted that we, we would see them. So, um, they kept us prepared for everything, and uh, yeah, it's been a great transition to from virtual to actually meeting them, and then this season, um, a lot of stuff that they're teaching, you know, is holding up on Sundays. What are some examples of changes they predicted in the summer that you're now seeing? Well, when you when you start to install new coverages, you know, there might be a certain way you play something. Um, it might be like a high school level type of you know rule or camp rule, we'll call it camp rule, and then once the season starts, you know. Changes start to happen, and then you start to get more comfortable in the defense, and the defense kind of upgrades or transforms into something better where you're able to communicate a check or something like that. And those are kind of things that um, they let us know that when we get going, um, it'll definitely happen, and it has happened for the most part. Real quick, to go back to Richard, it seems like a real credit to him um, just to hear the way that you've come to respect him and his, his playing style. How did he go about 
engendering that respect for, from you um, and from other guys in the room? Uh, what, what about Richard has kind of endeared himself to, to you? Um, I think when he first came, you know, he just – I knew him from San Francisco because he played at 49ers with some of my friends over there. And, um, yeah, like he came and just injected himself in, in a role – where he was given his insight immediately. You know, he played this game. He's been, a, I think it's his fifth year, fourth year. So um, he has things to say. And, you know, he said those things right away and then slowly started to build friendships um, off the field. And then um, he got hurt with a hamstring. And then as he battled back, um, he just he's just a worker. Like, everything he does is, is with an intention, you could tell. And um, I think that's what made me really respect him. On one, of, on one of the recent TV broadcasts, I think it was actually during the Ravens game, uh, the announcers talked about how you guys have to stay even farther away now in the locker room. There has to be a lot more social distancing than even before. And just how much different is it in the locker room this year than in previous seasons? Well, obviously it's different. Um, they have plexiglass in between everybody's locker. Um, every sink is – the next sink is not working or the next toilet's not working. Like, everything's – in the locker room to the training room, everything's just separated. So um, we still have definitely a connection with each other. Um, we definitely have built a culture in the locker room, but it's just it's just different. So you and Mari going to have to get to the point where you have two chess boards <laughs> you're making a move on? No, nah, we, we started playing online, so we good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tito. Thank you. Thank you.